Welcome to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. Every other Wednesday, Adrian, your host, talks to key players in the fashion industry to discover new products and understand the challenges behind offering more responsible fashion and learn the solution available today. This podcast is brought to you by Première Vision, the leading event organizer for fashion professionals. To find out more, go to www.premiervision.com. Discover and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening Smart Creation, the podcast today. I am very pleased to welcome Lisa Kello. Uh, she's Value Chain Development Manager at FSC. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Hi, Adrian. Well, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Um, my very first question is, could you please introduce yourself and come back uh, on your pathway um, uh, before, before joining FSC? Sure, I would love to do that. Um, so as, as you've mentioned right now, I'm working at FS International as a value chain development manager. But previously, I, um, I've been working in the packaging and paper industry. Um, and it wasn't actually focused on sustainability. Uh, but then after that, I, I've, I've always been very passionate about sustainability ever since university. So after working for a bit in the industry, I decided to um, go back and do a master's in sustainability and social innovation to sort of um, reconnect with that side of me that was always very keen on understanding more about sustainability and business. And so I did that. Um, I did, I did a, a master's um, actually in France on, on sustainability and social innovation. And, um, and then I started sort of Again, uh, reconnecting with that side of myself and uh, found a, a job in, in FSC. Um, Fantastic. What, what was the name of the university in France? It's uh, HSC Paris. Okay, perfect. Um, why did you decide to dedicate uh, the second part of your life? Not, not, not really the second part of your life, but uh, <laughs> a, a, a big part of your life uh, to sustainability. Well, honestly, uh, the first time I heard about sustainability was back in university. Um, I, I had just been introduced to the concept in, in the context of, of business and, um, and industry. And it just make, made sense to me. I was like, okay, why aren't we doing this everywhere? It's just about ensuring that, you know, we have the same resources we have now in the future for future generations. And I was like, we should be doing this more everywhere. Um, so, uh, just there it clicked on me and I said, yes, this is something that I'd like to learn more about and dedicate my life to. Fantastic. Uh, I would like to listen to your definition uh, of, uh, sustainable fashion. Uh, sure. Um, so for me, fashion that is sourced and produced responsibly. So both environmentally and socially, uh, but that all is also renewable and circular Um, is, is, is for me sustainable, um, fashion. Um, essentially it's, it's fashion that has a positive social, uh, environmental and economic, economic impact. Mm. And, uh, we're talking about, about a lot about sustainable fashion, but today I think we're gonna dip into, uh, fiber and, uh, and textile. Uh, what is, what is a sustainable textile according to you? 
Well, as I mentioned, well, as part of uh, sustainable fashion, sustainable textile is one that um, can be sourced, uh, that is renewable, that is uh, sourced responsibly. So um, that in its process through manufacturing, also from the raw material stage through manufacturing and processing, that it is um, done in a way that has a, a very low or um, uh, ideally no environmental impact, but that also has a positive social impact. So that the people that work in the industry, you know, get us a fair wage for their, for their work. And they're also protected, have safety. And, um, and at the same time, uh, they can, you know, depend on that for their livelihoods, have a, have a good um, benefits from, from their work and their efforts. And at the same time to work with, as I mentioned, materials that are renewable and that can be um, can be either circular, so either they can biodegrade or they can be used again in a closed loop si- system. Um, but essentially, it's one that has a low impact has a, has a low impact on the environment, has a positive impact socially and and economically, and um, and that of course is something that is appealing, no, to 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 the person who wears it. Hmm. So you you value chain development manager at FSC. Um, what is FSC? What is the genesis of his organization, and uh, what does it, what does it what does it uh, what does it mean value chain development manager? Um, okay, so maybe I can start with that uh, value chain development manager. Um, so as part of our of a role of our team, um, we work with different stakeholders throughout the value chain. So from the forests throughout. Uh, the manufacturing all the way to the consumer. And what we do is we work uh, developing the strategies for different value chains that we're working. So FSC focuses mostly on forest-based materials. And um, of course, we have different types of value chains. We have uh, one that focuses on solid wood, for example, for furniture construction. Then, of course, we have fiber, which is for packaging, paper, hygiene, and of course, textiles. And then we have another value chain, which we call non-timber forest products, which applies for other um, uh, yeah, non-timber based products like cork, um, you know, bamboo, even honey. Some, some of these products that are uh, grown in the system of the forest, but are not made of wood. So these, we, what we do in our team is we develop the strategies for all these value chains uh, globally, and we work with different stakeholders throughout to increase the uptake of FSC certification in order to ensure the best outcomes for the forests where the materials are sourced, but also, um, of course, for the people that depend on those forests for their livelihoods. Um, and then going back to what FSC is as an organization, so actually the way FSC came to be is that, uh, of course, deforestation has been uh, one of the biggest challenges that we faced and we're still facing today. And, of course, these got exacerbated, got worse in the decade of the 80s and the 90s. And so in the summit of uh, Rio de Janeiro in 1992, since there was a failure to produce uh, an agreement to stop this, this problem, in 1994 a group of people got together and said, okay, maybe the best way to do this is to do this through a sustainable forest management um, uh, solution. And so FSC was was uh, founded. In, and FSC actually, as an organization, it's um, an inclusive 
consensus-seeking international membership organization. So um, the the membership, the FSC membership, is divided in three chambers. We have a social, an environmental, and an economic chamber. And each one of these chambers gets an equal voting right when it comes to making strategic decisions about FSC. So our membership is very varied. We have, of course, we have, you know, NGOs, ENGOs, we have um, retailers, brand owners, but also other organizations, manufacturers, converters, um, even individuals. So, um, so really at its foundation, FSC is truly sustainable. And then when we look at, um, you know, the types of certifications we have, there are two types we have. We have one for forest management and one for chain of custody. The forest management certification is for forest owners, forest managers that, you know, um, manage the, the natural forests or plantations. And then we have the chain of custody, which is for all the other companies throughout the supply chain that uh, transform, manufacture, and and make the products. So they transform the raw materials into a final product. Um, And then, of course, we have something else that is called a promotional license. And this is for the companies that are not producing or making products, so mainly retailers and brand owners, that want to promote the fact that they're using or selling FSC products um, with FSC trademarks. But essentially, um, the, the, the whole objective is to have an unbroken link between the forest, the supply chain, so the chain of custody, until the product is finalized and labeled. Why? Because these, in this way, we keep the integrity of material that is sustainably sourced at an FSC certified forest throughout, making sure that it doesn't get mixed with other forest-based material that could be coming from, you know, unknown origins um, and ensuring that that product that is labeled is really coming from a certified forest. So, um, so essentially, and just to clarify, FSC, um, we develop, so FSC develops the standards, the guidelines, the criteria for these two certifications but FSC doesn't really issue or audit the companies. We are a third-party certification, meaning that um, it is actually a certification body that does the auditing and uh, issues the certificates. These certification bodies are, um, they, they, of course, they are the ones that provide the, the cost of the certification and they are the ones that, um, as I mentioned, issue the certificates. These certificates can last or actually last five years, um, and uh, they have yearly yearly checks uh, by the certification body to make sure that the company is still following the standards that, that they were audited on. Okay. And how much does it cost for for a company or for a brand or for for yeah, a stakeholder? So 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 the so. So yeah, that depends because again, we don't, FSC doesn't have a sort of a, um, a table of, of prices or costs. We, we don't do the audits. The audits are done by a certification body and the certification body is usually the cost depend on, you know, the time that it takes the auditors to do the audit. So, um, it depends on the size, the complexity of the factory or the operation. And, um, and 
And yeah, so so essentially, we don't we cannot provide a cost. This is done directly with the certification body. All right. Um, concretely, uh, to, to what does it bring? I mean, and 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 I would like to understand what is at stake uh, around the the management of the world uh, worldwide, um, mm -hmm. and and what do you what do you protect actually? Mm -hmm. So. FSC certification, what we aim to do is to, to, we strive to have the best outcomes for the forests. So, um, when we think about the forest system and FSC certification, the FSC standards, uh, have, are based on 10 principles, 10 principles and criteria. And, um, these pr principles and criteria have different, um, um, uh, they, they focus on different parts, let's say. So, One part focuses on the social aspect. So it ensures that, you know, the workers have a safe work environment and they have fair wages. Um, for example, when it comes to indigenous communities, um, the standards uh, stipulate that if a uh, forestry operation is going to take place, that um, the, the indigenous community or the community is engaged and included in this process so that their cultural rights are preserved. And then there are others, other areas like the management part of it, where um, it, it provides the criteria and the guidelines of how the, the forest should be uh, managed in a way that um, there is no deforestation over time. So, um, so that even though trees are cut, there will be still forests in, in the long term. And also, FSC standards are, they, they have, um, they um, require that uh, biodiversity is protected. So that high conservation value areas um, or even old growth forests are, are protected from, you know, the, the management activities. So these are sort of the core characteristics that are part of these 10 principles and criteria. And of course, these are adapted um, according to different types of forests and different countries. So these, these are adapted to um, specific uh Yeah, climates and regions. And um, when it comes to to the wood, so we all know that deforestation is uh, yeah is, is a big challenge. Um, and we're striving to well, the objective is, is of course to have forests for all forever, so that eventually, even though we are using the forest because we do need them for our daily products, for our daily lives. I mean. Even thinking about, um, okay, thinking of textiles, okay, for, for your clothing, but also, I mean, um, for transportation, we have natural rubber, which is also coming from, from trees. And, um, and then we have many other products which we rely on. So making sure that we can use the forest in a way, in a, in a responsible way, so that, you know, we will still have more forests uh, for our children or the generations to come that is the mission for FSE to to enable that to happen um yeah fantastic and what is the what is the link between uh, fashion and FSC I understand that uh, FSC is um is not into fashion only I mean you're in the paper industry in the transportation industry in the everything uh, you just mm -hmm. mentioned um mm -hmm. But it's quite big in, in, in the fashion industry, right? What is the repartition in terms of, uh, of certification and industry? 
Well, um, when we look at the different value chains I mentioned earlier, so um, of course, probably textiles and natural rubber are one of the more of the newer value chains to FSE. The the more mature value chains, of course, many and many people are relate more FSE with packaging, with paper, um, and with wood. No, so when people think of FSC, they're like, "Oh, well, these are the the main products, no, that 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 are are labeled or using the FSC label." And these newer value chains that we have, uh, like natural rubber and and um, textiles, this is maybe the more direct connection with fashion, no, because you have um, uh, wood for textiles, uh, wood fiber for textiles, but then you also have the natural rubber for for footwear or or shoes. So there's also, of course, packaging is a big part of fashion. I mean, um, just thinking about e-commerce, you know, packaging, but also when you go to a store, you need a bag. Um, and uh, yeah, so these sort of things. Then you have the tags as well that go on the clothing. These are paper race as well. So yes, FSE mainly when you think about it directly, yes, textiles and natural rubber. But of course, there's also these other value chains that are interconnected. Um, so let, let's talk about cellulosic material at a quick glance um, in the collection in store I understand that the, the viscose, the leucel, the cupro, the modal is very popular uh, you know as a, as a fashion entrepreneur uh, I understand that this is ideal for printing, this is smooth and comfortable to wear um, and I also understand that this is the third most used material in the world after polyester and cotton. Um, so can you tell us more about the transformation uh, between, uh, between the, the fiber, the wood, and, and those materials, and what, are the dif- what, what is the difference between viscose, leucel, modal, acetate? I understand as well that you are not a, a specialist, but if you could give us, uh, in a nutshell, what, are, what it is about and, and what it is exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a very high level, mm-hmm. um, when the way that uh, essentially this man-made cellulosic side produced, of course, the wood is harvested from the forest, then it's converted into pulp. And this pulp is then, um, it's mixed with some chemicals in order to convert it into a, a fiber. It looks a lot like, like cotton. And then that is spun into yarns. And, um, and eventually, of course, it continues the, uh, the manufacturing process to be converted into fabric and dyed and twisted or whatever it might need to happen in order to get a, a final garment. Um, and, the differences between viscose, lyocell, model, acetate is essentially the manuf- the production, how they're made, the production process. So um, it depends. Uh, and also, of course, the differences between them is their characteristics, no? Viscose might have some different characteristics to model. And, of course, acetate is usually more used for other products like sunglasses, or, you know, a little bit more hard, harder products. Um, but yeah, essentially, the main differences between these are the, the, the production process, so what chemicals are used, how chemicals are recovered, and their characteristics when it comes to the texture and, you know, uh, moisture and all of these other um, things. Um, fantastic. Uh, I understand as well that the... the, the um 
the transformation of this material is using a lot of chemistry. Uh, to what extent this is uh, this is sustainable actually? Well, that, it's a very good point. Yes, there is a lot of chemistry. There is chemistry that's, that is being used. Of course, that emits that has emissions that has an impact. Um, but today, it's uh, the industry. Uh, at least my sense is that the industry is moving towards you know uh, improving this area in making it more um, in using different chemicals. Uh, that are less uh, that have a um, um, not not as a har- not as, that are not as harmful. Um, also, that um, they're working into closing the loop, so closing the system, so that these chemicals are recovered in the process and can be reused. Um, and uh, yeah, I think there's also many other innovations happening that are moving away from chemical use and just using me- mechanical. Um, uh, production, so it's it's interesting to see how this is evolving. I mean, we need to think that this process was invented back in the 20th century, so it's it's been around for for some time, and um, it needs to be and it will. I feel it, it's getting better. It's it's improving, um, and then of course when you look at specifically viscose lyocell model and acetate, lyocell in particular has a very uh, more environmentally friendly process when it comes to production. So hopefully we can get to a point where these these can be also you know um, emulated by these other uh, viscose model and acetate um, production processes. Fantastic. Um, FSC just launched an initiative called the Forever Green Pack. Uh, could you please explain us what it is about, uh, its goals and missions? Yes, of course. It's it's actually called the Fashion Forever Green Pact. Okay. <laughs> um, so essentially, what we're trying to do is um, we understand that the that the industry is moving into circularity, and that you know we're all striving to to achieve a low carbon future that is ethical, regenerative, and transparent. The reality is, of course, that um, there is still a significant demand for virgin materials and renewable fibers are seen as a more sustainable alternative. And uh, specifically, man-made cellulosic fibers are, are, are seen as, as that option. And um, they're also, or they were also up till probably before COVID, they were, they were the fastest growing fiber as well. And, uh, well, you can see that for, for different reasons. Now you, you, you see that we're moving towards a low carbon future, but we're also trying to, you know, um, uh, find fibers that can be biodegraded or, um, that are more natural in that sense. But, um, we are encountering a major problem. And that is that these man-made cellulosic fibers, at least half of them are, are still not certified. So we don't really know where they're coming from. They could be coming from, you know, uh, areas from deforestation or human rights violations. And um, so leaving these forests unprotected and vulnerable. Um, so we, what we want to do is we want to do a call with this um, initiative. We're doing a call to the industry to say, okay, um, yes, man-made cellulosic fibers are a good option when it comes to making fashion and creating textiles. But let's work together to halt the growing portion of man-made cellulosic fibers. 
And what we want to do is through this initiative is first create awareness about responsible forestry and to drive this action together with the fashion industry to protect forests through um, some key actions. And uh, we have key actions for brands and retailers and for manufacturers. For brands and retailers, we are um, asking them to join the Canopy Style Initiative to address the risk from sourcing uh, ancient and endangered forests. Um, the second action we're asking is that um, they start sourcing all their man-made silicic fibers from FSC-certified suppliers within a year of, of joining the, the pact. And the third action is um, we're asking companies to use the FSC label on a clothing line or garment range by 2025. Um, we were asking this because the label is sort of the ultimate um, way of showing that the material, as we discussed earlier, is coming from a cert FSC certified forest and has, um, you know, remained, kept its integrity throughout the chain of custody until the, the garment has been finalized. And for manufacturers, what we're asking is, okay, um, we're asking them to get a chain of custody certification so that that enables the brand owners, retailers to achieve that um, FSC label. And so essentially that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get companies to certify their supply chains and in that way help protect forests and, of course, the people that depend on those forests for, for their livelihoods. Great. Thank you so much. Um, let's talk about the fashion industry now. Um, how can the fashion industry accelerate its sustainable revolution, according to you? Well, it's um, on the one hand, it's about the materials that are used. Mm -hmm. So um, one thing is, yes, it's good to start using renewable materials, materials that can either biodegrade or can be used again in a closed-loop system, in a circular system. And, of course, one way the, the, the industry can do this is through certification, um, in particular third-party certification, to ensure that um, whatever they're sourcing or the processes that they're using are, um, you know, are third-party certified, that, that verified. So that's probably the best way to, that's the first step. Um, the second step is, of course, looking at the impact that they're having. So not only of course, environmental impact, but also the social impact. And um, what we're beginning to see, at least in the last decade or so, is that there has been an improvement. Now there has been uh, more companies are setting themselves goals, um, not only from the material side, but also from, uh, from the social side in making sure that what they're sourcing is responsible um, and that the, the manufacturing process is also taking into account, you know, the, the people that are working there and, um, and, and the processes all the way through even to the retail side where they're looking at ways where they can also reduce their impact. So I guess the first step is to, to acknowledge that there's still some work to be done, um, to set some, some goals, some targets, and not to be afraid to say, okay, I'm going to go for 100%. You know, I want to certify my, my supply chain, I go 100%. Um, because we need to have those, um, you know, those very ambitious targets if we want to um, 
achieve the goals that we've set more of a, at a societal level with our, you know, um, reducing um, greenhouse gas emissions and carbon emissions. We need to have those those um, high high um, level targets. So I think that's that's one way in which yeah the industry can can accelerate a bit more. And and of course maybe another point is to look to innovation. No, it's it's something. It's where we're finding these innovators that are finding alternative ways to improve the processing, the dyeing, the um, the materials as well. So to support those innovators so that we can scale up these innovations and um, have also a, a, a stronger impact. No. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's like those three parts that we that the fashion industry can can use to accelerate. Yeah. Well, is there anything that make you feel optimistic in the fashion industry? Um, and my second question is, uh, what are your biggest challenges in the coming years? So yeah, I mean, I, it's 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 great to see. For example, um, when we were at Premier Vision earlier this year, it was great to see how there was this area about sustainability, and uh, the whole objective was to to create awareness, no, to to inform, to provide knowledge to the the, the attendees of what what is sustainability and how we can get there. Um, And that made me felt, feel optimistic that in, in a industry level trade fair, you could see already that sort of, um, you know, exposure. Um, also it was, it was, it's really great to see how, as I mentioned, innovators are starting to bring about, um, how to use waste, um, wastes, uh, you know, agricultural waste or fibers and other materials. Um, even also with man-made cellulosic fibers, how, they're starting to close the the loop with some of these processes, making them better, making them more more efficient, but also better for the environment. So that certainly is something that makes me very optimistic. Um, what what are the, the biggest challenges, according to you, uh, we are facing right now? So yeah, I think one of the well, the biggest challenge we're facing is climate change, mm -hmm. and climate change will have. A dramatic impact in in many different areas. Um, of course, on the one hand, it will uh, impact our natural resources. So, uh, you know, forests even now are are seeing um, are, are are you can find drought in many of the forests worldwide and fires. Of course, we're all much aware of what's been happening um, in different parts of the world, but also. Um, With our consumption, so our consumption rates, we can see that uh, uh, the population growth is, is increasing and this will be putting, of course, more pressure on natural resources as well. So we have two things. On the one hand, we have climate change, which will is it will be a bit unpredictable, so we won't know what's going to be happening. It will impact our, our natural resources and at the same time, our population growth is also going to have that impact on, on on nature and biodiversity. And, um, and of course we have this other sphere, which is our, our, you know, our business are, as usual or our emissions and how that is, is uh, having an impact. It's all connected in the end. No, hmm. but, um, but yeah, these are probably some of the bigger challenges that we're facing in the years to come. Hmm. Um, 
I would like to move to the quick rapid fire question um, uh, part. Um, what do you want to close the door to in our industry? Um, well, uh, from a social perspective, so, you know, child labor or um, human rights violations when it comes to some of these uh, processing aspects. Um, also emissions, so how we can stop uh, or, or improve our processes to, to make sure that there's um, less emissions throughout from, from the sourcing of the materials all the way throughout to the consumer, even post-consumer. How can we um, reduce or reutilize materials, reutilize the waste in a way that it can be, um, that it doesn't end up in a landfill or an incinerator or, you know, secondhand clothing. How can we improve also the infrastructure so that we can, you know, um, not throw away our clothing, but uh, pr provide it into designated areas so that it can be either reused a secondhand or recycled in a way that it will have another life, you know? So I would say those, yeah, I would go with, with. Great. Uh, what do you, where do you look? Um, sorry. Where do you look to get inspired? Well, actually with, with innovators, I, I, I think sometimes in universities as well, you see how, how these um, students are coming up with new, 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 new ways of doing things. And that is always very inspiring. Also in think tanks, I think think tanks, of course, they're there for specifically for that reason to come up with, um, to, to think out of the box. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, there's so much going on now uh, in the, of course, on, online with different blogs. And, um, and then you see these other organizations uh, such as uh, Fashion for Good, which are also, you know, trying to get these innovators on, on the right path and helping them scale up their projects. And, um, and it's very inspirational to see how there's, there's, there's this passion to, to want to make a change for the better. Hmm. Uh, what is the last piece of clothes you bought? The list of last, um, I'm trying to think what was the last time I bought something actually. A long time um, ago. Yes, I usually try to, I do strive to use the clothing I have as much as I can and, um, and repair it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not very fashionable probably, but I do, I do my part. I try to do my part in that way. So probably the last piece of clothing I bought was um, two years ago. Mm -hmm. And I believe it was, it wasn't actually a piece of clothing. It was some shoes I bought. Yes, I, I right. can't recall right now. Sorry about that. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you in the podcast. Um, all the best for the future and, uh, and uh, hope to see you in the real life uh, in the next Première Vision, maybe. Yes, thank you very much for the invitation, Adrian. And, and likewise, have a, have a good one. Fantastic. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast till the end. If you want to support this initiative, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow. 
just click on the subscribe button, rate it five stars, and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to share the podcast on your favorite social media. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. 